This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code takes that chance 10. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And Moy stayed onside. Here's Mounier. 2 0 on a field down on the opening day of the Premier League. One two wicket from the. Here's Moy right footed. 1 0 on a field down. Lindelof misses his header. De Poitras in. Round to Heya. 2 0 on a field down. 2 0 on a field down. Here's Sanka to turn it into the pass. Yes! And Tommins scores! Tommins has scored one of the most important goals of Huddersfield Town's history. De Plattras forward. De Plattras got the better. Yes! And Laurent De Plattras scores! Laurent De Plattras scores! So, can Town wrangle some points against the Rangers, ladies and gentlemen? Let's find out. Howdy, and welcome to uh, the warm-up episode 24. Joining me, your host, Brady Frost, uh, to preview the QPR game, is a man who is desperate for the saloon bars to open back up. It's Mr. James Whitaker. James, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you very much for that intro. That's all right. Um, anyway, you've heard him already this week with the Yokels on the live podcast. Joining us for his warm-up debut is Mr. Simon Copland. How are you, Simon? I'm not bad, thank you, Brady. It feels very much like Yaya Sonigo today. I am very well aware I am not uh, choice A, B, C, D, E, or maybe even F for this podcast, but I am uh, I have kind of a last-minute call-up, if you like. I'm happy to fill in. Let's hope uh, I can last for 70 minutes like Yaya did against Cardiff. Well, I hope this podcast in 70 minutes, babe, but it's good to have you on. And like Yaya Sonogo, um, we will completely rip up the script and just rely on you solely. So, uh, let's say. No pressure. 
Anyway, so we will move on because uh, we have a game at the weekend. Um, so we'll set the scene and talk about QPR. So they are 12th in the league. And uh, to be honest, lads, um, this is very boring, but they've won 12, drawn 10 and lost 12 like that, rounded. Um, but they are actually in great form. They, they've only lost three in their last 10 and won six. Um, and they have also won four of their last five at home. So going to be a bit of a tricky game, really. Um, I was having a quick look at the stats. So this this one's for the, for the stats nerds. Um, but most of their goals have actually come in the last 15 minutes of games. So uh, they've scored 10 in the last 15 of games. So we will have to watch out. Interestingly, though, they have conceded most of their goals in the first 15 minutes of the second half. And we know what town are like. They can start the halves quite well. So interesting. Um, it was a 2-0 win for town last time these two played. Um, so I'll come to you, Sai, because you're the guest. I'd like to put you on the spot. Um, do you remember much about that match? And I suppose, how, how do you think town have been uh, playing in general? Uh, yeah, I kind of remember back to the 5th of December it was. Um, and from what I recall, and from the highlights I've rewatched since, we started really well. Uh, arguably two of the best goals of the season. Um, and we left that game thinking everything was rosy and we were on a high. And quite quickly, probably after Christmas, um, our mood changed. Um, just go back to your point before, I think kind of QPR for me are symbolic of the championship. They, they are um, very much a reflection of of the majority of clubs in the league in that they can beat anyone and they can lose anyone. I did some research, Brady, you'll be proud. Uh, in I the like last seven games, they've beaten Brentford, they've beaten Bournemouth, but they've lost to Birmingham. And that for me is just a, a reflection on, on kind of the championship as, 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 a, as a collective really and, and how it's very different from the Premier League and other leagues kind of uh, around the world. But um, Sorry to come back to your question. Um, it was obviously a, a, a great win, great performance that day. I think we all hoped we would kind of continue that vein of form uh, for the rest of the season. That hasn't to be. We've obviously had some injuries since then. Um, Corona being arguably the one that springs to mind, having scored that goal. Um, but let's hope we can replicate some of that form um, this coming Saturday. Here's hoping, mate. James, what about yourself? Um, I know you've been on this a bit recently, but do you remember much about the game? And uh, we haven't had you on for a couple of weeks. So has town been better for you recently? Um, yeah, they've been a little bit better. Uh, picked up a bit in my absence, so I don't really know what that means. But um, yeah, like I said, really, um, we dominated the game. New reverse fixture. Um, had some, you know, I mean, we we even had more chances falling to Campbell and O'Brien that you know we could have scored more. Really, um, they were quite toothless to be honest, and they didn't really didn't really create many chances for themselves. Um, one thing I did notice from the reverse fixture was um, it was actually um, the game that Schindler sort of did his knee in, and I've watched it back today, and it looked it actually looked really nasty. Uh, he's trying to do a sort of recovery tackle on, um, I say Samuel, uh, and it was a really good tackle, but yeah, it, it um, yeah it made me a bit sad actually because I think we did we have really missed him this year, and uh, but yeah, otherwise otherwise it was very dominant performance for us and. They seem like a completely different team since then. They've they've been on a on a great run of form in the new year. They actually went on a seven seven game winning run, um, which has massively sort of picked um, picked them picked them up the table because previously they were looking a bit like relegation candidates. Um, so yeah, it's again uh, like I said, they're a bit similar to us in that respect. They do try 
and play like a possession style football. But I think even their styles changed a little bit to go a bit more direct to Austin. So, uh, but yeah, an inconsistent, two inconsistent teams uh, against one another. So it should be uh, an interesting one, really. Yeah, no, and it's interesting. I, I'd forgotten that was the game where Schindler, Schindler got injured, but I do, I do, um, I do agree with you, James. Not obviously, we can be optimistic with Town and not so optimistic, but I, I think the Wednesday game wasn't because, funny enough, we're playing them again after this. But um, I feel like we both won those, we won both those games two 0 and I think we were just better, uh, and the other teams didn't really offer much. So, uh, but anyway, that is a, that is another preview for another day. Um, Sai, um, as James rightly pointed out, QPR have made a few changes, brought a few people in. Um, but who, for this game coming up on Saturday at Loftus Road, who is your key player uh, for QPR? Who do you think is going to cause us problems? Yeah, I mean, James mentioned it there. Um, Charlie Austin, uh, five goals and 10 appearances. Um, for me, never been quite a Premier League striker or never been good enough to hold down a regular spot in a Premier League team week in, week out. But at the same time, a very good calibre of player for the Championship. Um, he's obviously been at QPR previously and, and returned there and seen the counts some good form. Um, and I guess in some respects, I'm not particularly a fan of Charlie Austin, the person, from what I know of him and from what I've seen kind of over the years. But everything that Town wanted and needed in the January transfer window yet QPR managed to staffle him up and should he have been someone we were sniffing around perhaps possibly we were probably maybe one didn't want to come to the north I, I don't know but um, yeah for me he's he's the one to watch he's the one that kind of certainly our defence will have to mark closely um, and forgive me Brady I picked a second one um, but, but it would be, would be kind of um, obviously Chris Willock um, he was someone who was obviously at town back end of last season Um someone who were linked with quite heavily in, in the summer as well. I think at certain times we all thought was going to be come through the door as a permanent signing. Um, I haven't followed him too closely at QPR, admittedly. Um, one goal in 26 games, it's not a prolific return, but it does suggest he has been involved in, in and around the squad on most games, really. Um, I have no doubt he'll want to prove a point uh, against us. Um, but... It doesn't. It doesn't worry me in the same way that Charlie Austin does. That was interesting because, uh, well, I'm, I think you might have given away James's key player, but uh, we will. Oh, sorry, cut that out if you're Brady. Yeah. Was that right? No, 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 mate. This is everything stays in. Um, <laughs> I was going to. I was going to ask about Charlie Austin. I was going to ask about Charlie Austin. So, because uh, I think there were, I, I don't know how strong the rumours were, but maybe it was someone we were looking at. Would you have? Would you have him at town? Oh, I definitely would do. Yeah, I think from a, from a sort of player that he is, um, he's a goal scorer, he's a finisher, um, he's everything arguably we haven't had this season. Um, Carl and Grant departed. Um, I'm no expert, but I imagine his wage demands would dictate that he's something or someone who we wouldn't be able to bring into the club. But um, if you said to me at the end of the season, you can have Charlie Austin on a two-year deal up top, I think he kind of guarantees you at this level 20 goals a season. And that certainly puts you in mid-table, maybe kind of has you pushing higher up as well. No, I'd agree with that. And I think we'll, we'll hear from Clive from the Q, uh, QBR fan later, but he's said he's kind of added a bit of grit and, a bit, you know, talking to the ref and the stuff that fans may not like, but, you know, it helps you win win decisions. Um, I think he's James, everything, what... everything, sorry, Brady, is everything that 
as a as an opposing club you hate as a fan. He's one of them you always pick out in the stands and level your abuse at. But he's one of those you want on your team as well at the same time, and you're kind of happy to see him kind of start a game and quite to perhaps Johnny Hogg in that respect, kind of almost doesn't have the perhaps wind the fans up in the way that Austin might do, but um one of those you probably want on your team. No, I'd agree. Um, I mean, although, you know, him uh, kneeing lost on the face in the Premier League uh, wasn't wasn't great. James, what, what about yourself? Who's your key danger man for QPR? Um, well, I've gone for uh, Elias Chair. I did, I did, well, Charlie Charlie Austin was my main one, to be fair, uh, just because of the reasons you and Si have said, like the goal return so quickly. He's already scored five goals. He's only joined in January. Uh, but I've I've gone for uh, Elias Chair as a backup, really. Um, so he scored three goals in his last two games, which is not bad going. Uh, scored a header against Wickham uh, in midweek, despite being five foot two, which again I think is pretty good. Um, he's he's one of them players, young player, uh, attack attacking midfielder, and it's sort of. Um, Austin as the sort of nine, and then they sort of play Chair and Willock as two sort of attacking midfielders behind him. And that's pretty good going, really, for the championship. Um, pretty good attack there. So um, I think that, yeah, he's a great player. He's got high, um, he's got high pass completion rate, 82%, which is pretty good to say that he's playing the risky passes uh, and he's creating the chances for them. He's got one assist, but he's actually got five expected assists. So it essentially means he's creating the scorable chances. But until Austin, they haven't had the people to put him away. So I think he, Charlie Austin, has like fundamentally changed their season. Um, but the, you know, they are a team that create chances. So I think that uh, Elias Chair will be a key player for them as well. James, you have literally uh, read word for word what I've got about <laughs> last year. <laughs> um, even the expected assists. You have to in. think on your feet already. Um, no, I, well, I'm just gonna. It's my. I'm hosting, so I can decide. I'll just add on to that. Yeah. No, I think just he's good. I think, yeah, <laughs> just exactly word for word. I think um, he's replaced um, uh, Eze, who obviously is doing good things with Crystal yeah. Palace in some respects, and. Um, like you say, I look at look at QPR and Sai made the good point. And they are kind of a tied. I always associate with the championship, but they have got some some young, exciting players. And you, you both touched on Chris Willock, and I think um, if I kind of add to that, maybe because he was my backup choice, I think I would have like I would have liked to see him back at town. Um, I know that was kind of debated on on the other pod, but um, yeah, I, th- I think we saw. You know, he didn't play that much, but I think we saw he can score when he worked hard and he, he had a point to prove and um, I'm, I'm a bit gutted really that he didn't join us. What about you James? Did, uh, did Would you have had Willock? Yeah, I think I definitely would have definitely would have had him back particularly since we've seen um, with Aaron's he looks like a great player but the injuries have just come along straight away uh, hopefully we can get him playing but yeah with Willock I was quite impressed he was sort of Sort of had mo- a sort of moments player rather than a sort of consistent performer, and I know you often mm. get that with attacking players. But yeah, he had a, that that against Bristol City, he scored a really good goal, and I think to be honest, he apparently he played really well uh, in midweek against Wickham, and I know they're no great shakes, but yeah, it's a little bit gutting. It feels like we've missed out on another one there, to be honest. And typical town now, he'll probably score against us, and well, I was going to say he'd do some 
wagging his finger to the away fans, but we're not there, so he can't do that. But <laughs> I don't know. I've just got a nasty feeling about that. Um, but no, I would have definitely had him. I think that I think that he was good. He didn't. I don't think he set the world world alight in his loan spell, but I think he showed enough. And I think that's kind of what recruitment policy has been based off. Like like you said, Brady, players with points to prove, players who've shown a little bit, and trying to make that more consistent. So yeah, just uh, hope we've. Well, at least we know the player quite well. <laughs> yeah, and we know we know Town's uh, recruitment policy at the moment. He's played for us before, so we might get him back. Who knows? That's very true. Um, <laughs> joking aside, players who used to play Town, we have actually we're going to start talking about players who do play for Town currently. Uh, your key player for this game, from the Huddersfield perspective, Sai. Um, you missed the Willock chat. You can jump in on the Willock chat if you want. But um, yeah, who's your key player for Town? <laughs> I mean, it's interesting. Just, just mention Willock first of all. Then, so for me, a difference of opinion. Actually, I, I'm quite glad we missed out on him. Really, um, I, I kind of think right now, this coming or this season that we're in, it probably would have made a bit of a difference. But I, I don't think he's someone who takes us up the table. I think for me, is a player who is probably bottom end of the championship player at best. Um, and, and for that reason, I guess I, I live in optimism that we'll be able to attract someone of a slightly higher calibre or someone with a bit more potential and maybe or Danny Grant or Rolando Aarons could be that player instead. I may be sat here kind of, well, if you invite me back, Brady, who knows? But I may be kind of sat here on next week's podcast or, or next season's podcast, very much eating my words um, and asking you to delete this episode. But um, who knows? I'll wait to see that's my opinion. Um, in terms of kind of the, the key man for town, um, it's interesting. I'd, I'd probably mention Lewis O'Brien. I think um, it's interesting to see what happens. Rumour has it Johnny Hogg um, is back in the squad um, and available. Um, but I think a lot has rested on O'Brien in those last couple of games in that midfield without him. Um, he's obviously kind of been moved back into centre midfield on the captain's armband. And I think we've seen glimpses of um, why he was so good kind of last season. Um, getting on the ball, driving forward, running the ball, being in and around the box, um, breaking play up, etc. Obviously, he's had a spell at left back. And I think prior to that, he was, he was in midfield, but kind of not really doing the role that he's become familiar with all the players to strength. So I think we're now starting to see the best of him. I think we need that to continue. Um, but for me, kind of, um, yeah, he's, a, he's an important player this week coming. That's a great, great pick, sorry. Um, and also, you can have different opinions, mate. You know, this is what it's all about. Or if we all thought the same thing, wouldn't it? Exactly. Um, oh, but I think I've just clicked um, the kick out button. Anyway, uh, James, <laughs> key, key player for, for you for Huddersfield. Uh, so, yeah, as I said, uh, I'm going to go with Jonathan Hogg. So, I've listened to the Colbran press conference, which I, I was hoping would come out soon before this podcast was recorded, and it did. So, yeah, and he said that he'll be travelling with the squad. Now, I, I've obviously not seen him in training, so I don't know how, how fit he is, but I did Google him today, and um, the second picture that comes up is a picture of him with his shirt off, which I sent to Brady without context. Uh, and I, I can't help but notice, yeah, I can't help but notice he keeps himself in in good condition. And um, yeah, Carlos has said that he's played a lot of football, so I think he, he will be able. He's reading between the lines. It looks like he'll be able to slot straight back in, which is the way that Hogg usually works after injuries. Uh, to be honest, he doesn't seem to 
need that same time to come back in. So for me, I think he, he goes straight back in if he's anywhere near fit, even if it's half an hour at the end, uh, you know, at worst. Um, he's played in, I, I worked it out, I think this is right, seven relegation battles for Huddersfield Town. Uh, and we've only gone down in one of those, which I think are pretty good odds. So I think he's a good man to have around at the moment. Um, as we've said, QPR play with a bit of a sort of sort of forward diamond, maybe you'd call it, with like um, uh, Austin as the nine and then Chair and Willock sort of playing off him. Uh, and that, that that's worked well, but I think it lacks a little bit of pace and width and they're relying on a sort of five at the back with wing backs. Um, so I think that with Hogg there, I think he can disrupt players like like Chair, like Willock, who do lack that physicality if they are in a more central role. Both quite young players. And to be honest, I think that if you've got Jonathan Hogg getting in the face and snapping at their ankles, it'd really disrupt players like that who are who are young and who aren't don't have the same physicality. Uh so I think it's very much we very much missed him. I think it's a Jonathan Hogg game and I think that from what I can tell about QPR, uh, they do seem to have a little bit of a soft underbelly and I don't think they'd like a player like Jonathan Hogg. Not that many do. <laughs> no, hey James, can I ask you a question? Sorry, so so would you would you drop Alex Vallejo then to fit Jonathan well, Hogg? Or would I don't you know if that's jumping forward, Brady. Oh, sorry, forgive me. <laughs> so eager, so eager. I wouldn't drop, I drew, well, wouldn't drop Vallejo because I like him as well. But um, yeah. We'll just play 12. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Just play them all. I mean, O'Brien is quite small, maybe they won't notice. Um, <laughs> just to clarify about that as well, I think the term we used for Jonathan Hogg, uh, shirtless picture, was he was swole. He's very muscly. Um, I would, yeah, I, I'm quite taller than him, but I saw that picture and I was, I was a bit scared. Not that I think I could take Jonathan Hogg at all. You know, The weirdest thing is, is when he was at Watford, he looks quite slight. And then I just think it's just been a, a thing that's sort of crept up on us. We've not noticed it because... In the time that he's been here, he wasn't like that when he first played for us. It's something that definitely worked on. So that relegation fight, he, he yeah, took the yeah. word fight seriously. He had to get <laughs> ripped. Um, anyway, I'm sure I'm sure the listeners are enjoying us talking about shirtless Jonathan Hogg. But um, my key player is, is not is not Jonathan Hogg. Um, I was chatting to Clive from uh, Loft for Words, who's the QPR fan, and um, it's quite interesting what he was saying. He seemed to suggest that. QPR tend to play better against teams that play football like us. Um, so Sai touched on it, but like Brentford, Bournemouth, the teams uh, kind of beat. But um, my key players, we've kind of seen a change of style since he's come in and I've gone for Yaya Sanogo. Um, just because I think we saw, you know, before he came in in Birmingham, but against Cardiff, we were offering something different. And, uh, you know, he is he is a tall lad. I think he won a lot of like headers and he had a really good game, to be honest, until uh, until the penalty miss. And even after that, it was, you know, a bit unlucky. But um, I think he seems really key to that. And, you know, if we if we are playing that style, I think he could really, like you touched on it, James, they've got a bit of a soft, soft underbelly. I think if he's up for it and partner with Campbell, we could get some joy um, if Yaya plays. So uh, I've come for him. I think they're all good, good choices anyway. Um but I would say that. Anyway, we'll come on to return to the Mac. Uh, Sai, it's your debut, so I'll go to you again. Uh, which former town player would you bring back for this one-off game? Before you do, I might just add, my choice is terrible, and that's because I have to pick someone different every week. But go on. Oh, well, now I feel a bit of pressure. Um, I did forget this for a little while. And I, I, I think in the, in the team that I've picked, based on the performance... 
uh, last Friday. I'm much more confident in the defence, and I feel like we need um, some attacking threats up top. So the obvious um, contender, I guess, going back over the last few years, would have been Carl and Grant, or would have been maybe Steve Mooney. But I've actually gone for Lauren de Platra, um, which is a bit left field. I try to be different. But I thought in that first season, there was a player in Lauren de Platra, and I think he'd have been very much suited to the championship. Um, and he's almost kind of got some attributes that Yaya has as well. He's a big man, can win aerial duels, head the ball. Um so yeah, that's the person I picked. No, I love that, mate. To be honest, I picked him and Matt and Chris, uh, Chris Markham is obviously going to work for Bolton now, slated me after the record saying it was a terrible choice. But I agree with you, mate. He, he worked hard. He wasn't, they kind of joke that, oh, you know, town fans love a player who works hard and not, doesn't do much else. But I, I agree with you. I thought he would have done great in the championship. I just obviously didn't fancy it. But um, yeah, he'd run his socks off and he scored some, obviously important goals for us. Um, I, I also think of that one. I know we lost to Chelsea, but um, that great header he did from cross. I think, he, yeah, I agree with it. Great shout. That's, yeah, get my vote, mate. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> anyway, James, um, what about you? What about you? What's your choice? I think, well, I've gone for Wayne Allison, the chief. So, I think from what I can gather from Brady's key player and from what you said, Si, about Lawrence Departure, that there's a there's a bit of a pining for a big centre forward. And this is obviously um very much, very much a feature of following Huddersfield Town. I don't think any town fan could say they don't they don't like a big centre forward. I think it's just part and parcel, particularly when things go wrong, it's the first first person that we look for. So um yeah, I've got a massive um soft spot for any any uh, Huddersfield lad that plays for town uh, and a big centre forward, of course, and, and that's just Wayne Allison. So um, I was very young when he was playing, to be fair, but my dad did take me at the time and um, regaled me with a lot of, a lot of tales of Jacko's um, great escape season. I looked on Wikipedia, he's actually got a PhD now. on the So he's actually the doctor, not the chief. But, not the chief, yeah. But um, so, um, yeah, helped us get out of a relegation battle. Um, after coming in in January. So he has an experience of a relegation battle, uh, held up the ball really well and scored six goals just in the second half of the season. Um, but like I say, we we can't have Wayne Allison, but we, we'll have to make do with uh, Brady's uh, Yaya Sanogo. He is mine. I love Yaya. I hope he stays next season. Um, he's Nabi Sars, mate, as well. So you, we know what Nabi Sars has been like this season. What could go wrong? Um, anyway, my return to the Mac pick is just to rile Sai clearly because he doesn't like him. I actually did pick Chris Willock before we recorded. Um, the only reason being, um, we saw, I was, I agree with James, I think he was a moments player. We saw that good finish against Bristol City. I think we need a player like him given where Karoma Karoma's out at the moment. I know we kind of tweaked the style a bit, but um, we saw against West Brom, obviously former club, how determined he was to score against them. And uh, in in this hypothetical situation, we've got him back from QPR, so I think he'd be up for it because you know he'd only join us if there's something gone wrong. Um, and obviously we were linked with him, and he's been playing well. And uh, yeah, gone for Chris Willock. Um, and I agree with James. I think he. I don't know if I wouldn't say definitely score, but I think he'll have a good game because he just seems that type of player who's up for it when he plays a former club. 
So, yeah, so we will see who wins. I think I know, who, as I said, I know who gets my vote, but we will see. Um, anyway. Chris will get mine, anyway. Would he? He wouldn't. Or he, he wouldn't. wouldn't. He wouldn't. Oh. I was going to say, um, does does you choosing him for a return to the map take him out of the QPR team, or does it mean it's Chris Willock, like on FIFA, where it's just the same player? It's like Chris Willock, QPR versus Chris Willock, Huddersfield Town. I don't know. We've never explored this as an option. Maybe we should just spend the rest Taking of the podcast. Another team player off him. Yeah. <laughs> Might do that. Yeah, it's a shame we're exactly. shame Naki's not a QPR anymore. Could have done this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think uh, you could do <laughs> Lovely stuff. Uh, anyway, um, w- I realise that's a conversation for another day. Maybe that should be a separate podcast. Uh, examining the rules of return to Mac. But we, I spoke to Clive from uh, QPR fan site, Loft for Words, uh, ahead of this game, and here's what he had to say. And we're recording. Cool. I'm joined in line now by Clive from uh, QPR blog, fan site, and pretty much everything. Loft for words. How are you, Clive? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Can't complain. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll come on to uh, QPR at the moment, anyway. So it's been quite the turnaround for you, for you guys this year. Um, quite a few wins. Um, well, compared to us. <laughs> um, what what's happened for the change? You know, Mark Warburton. Last time we spoke, I think. He was under a bit of pressure, but um, you guys are you know fire, on firing on all cylinders at the moment. Yeah, it's been amazing, uh, amazing start to the year. Considering how all of 2020 went, really. I mean, we came back um, from the lockdown in really poor form. The last seven or eight games of last season were just nowhere near. Um, obviously, lost a lot of quality players from last year's team. As a right, I say Samuel's gone. Naki Wells, who obviously played for you guys. Jordan Hugel, Ryan Manning's quite a lot of talent has gone out of the team and been replaced with sort of projects and punts, I guess. Um, some of whom have worked and some of whom hadn't. And uh, start of the season was um, very concerning. Uh, when we lost at Huddersfield, which is about, I think, about as bad as we played this year. has been one or two, but we've just were so bad that day. Um, that was part of a run of a 10 games going into Christmas that we didn't win and at that point when we lost to Swansea sort of between Christmas and New Year and just weren't at the races again you know we're not a club that shies away from chopping the manager so it, it felt at that point like it was probably coming towards another change and yeah since really start of January it's just it's spun around so much um, we obviously brought in some some experienced players in January uh, who've made a big difference. Charlie Austin and uh, Stephanie Hansen have been great since they came in on loan. We've also changed the system and gone to a back three, which suits the centre-backs a lot more, gets our, our pretty mediocre full-backs further up the pitch where they can't be exposed uh, as they were being before. And yeah, yeah, you know, we've started taking some of the chances. Austin's scored five goals when... Dykes and Bond were struggling before and it's just it's all clicked and it's just it's starting to snowball a little bit now because they're getting confident yeah and like you say it's been quite it's been quite the run recently it's um how much credit does Warburton deserve for this changing it around because I know it was a bit split with the fan base when we last spoke yeah I mean even at the end of the 10 match 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win... Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Losing run, there was a poll on our site that I think 60% were still in favour of keeping him, which is quite a lot considering it wasn't just those 10 games. I think going back sort of 30 games right to the start of the year, we'd only won five or six times or something like that. So for the fans to still be with him, you know, QPR sack managers all the time and they often replace them with somebody completely different um if you look at what we've we you bounce from warnock to mark hughes just completely different characters and styles hughes to harry redknapp that's a total change again harry redknapp to chris ramsey chris ramsey's very attacking manager you go from him to jimmy floyd hasselbank who's all about fitness and defense you go from him to ian holloway who's just nuts you go from Holloway to Steve McLaren, who's all, you know, new teeth and PR lines. And, and then you you go from him to, to Mark Warburg. It's just different every time. Um, and every so every time you do that, you have to tear your squad apart and start all over again. Most summers we're doing 12 or 13 players out and in, and it just doesn't build, you can't build any cohesion. And you find yourself sort of making the same mistakes at the same time of the year. You know, oh, it's March now. We'll go on that little run where, we're quite glad of the points we've got and we're going to run the relegation zone close. It kind of repeats itself every year. So I think a lot of people felt that if we could get through a bad spell without sacking the manager and actually keep faith with someone, get him some players in January, we would be better for that. And at the moment, that's that's what it feels like. And yeah, well, long may it continue for you guys. I mean, what what's kind of the expectation for the rest of the season? How would you How would you like to finish strong, I guess? Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this on our site in the week about if we are all back in the grounds in August, as we're all hoping with the vaccines and everything. I mean, me and my mates can't wait to get back, like just absolutely craving being at the games and whatever. But I think for a lot of people, a lot of people are going to be perhaps a little bit worried about being back in grounds, being back in crowds, people who live out of town who come in on the train and have to use the tube and things. I think a lot of people are going to be wary about that. I think also a lot of people are going to have noticed, I mean, I've certainly noticed the difference it makes to your bank balance, not dropping 150 quid on a Saturday four times a month, you know, going to Preston away and things like this, you know, that you can get out of the habit, I think, of going to football. You see it happen with people who used to be home and away and then were only home and then were picking and choosing their games and, you know, suddenly you don't see those people anymore. I think, you know, the game was only to get to 52 points and we're nearly there now. And with the games we've got, you know, Wickham last night, 
was one of three home games. We got you guys Saturday, and then we got Millwall. Uh, then we're away, but we've still got Chef Wednesday to play at home. Still got Coventry to play at home. I mean, Warburton always says, "Show me an easy game in the Championship." I'm not saying these are going to be easy, and I'm not saying we're going to win them, but it's not a bad fixture list to have. And I'd just, I'd like to see us not just do that footballer Mykonos thing of getting 52 points, and that's us done for the season. I'd like to see us push on play like we did at Bristol City on Saturday with all of our young players in the team and actually passing the ball and looking really good just to give people something to be a bit excited about after a, a terrible year on and off the pitch. If we could just give some hope for next season that it's not going to be a huge summer turnover, it's not going to be a new manager, it's going to be this team and these young players playing like this and winning regularly as they are at the minute, it'll just build a bit of excitement again for August, which... I think could be quite important season ticket sales and things like that after obviously so long away. No, I think that's a really good point. And we'll, we'll come on to, to the match of the weekend shortly, but um, you mentioned how when you, uh, when we played each other earlier in the season, it was one of the worst um, performances you'd seen. Um, what did you actually make of Huddersfield uh, on the day? If you can remember that back and just, just. Huddersfield. Yeah. I mean, I was really, really, really impressed with Huddersfield. Um, I do I don't know. I've I think I've seen you four or five times whenever you've been on TV this year, and I don't think I've seen you play as well as you played against us. And we were dreck. So to be honest, that it was much more than a two-nil game. That I thought like, that was a a three or four-nil um, Huddersfield win in all but name for me. Um, I've got to be honest. At the start of the season, I really feared for Huddersfield because I thought having gone down that Cowley route the way you did and survived the way you did playing that football. To then tear it all up in what was a much shorter summer, um, and you didn't even do it at the start of the summer, you know, to tear it all up and bring in, you know, Beelzer's mate, and basically that's a complete change of ethos and styles and everything from the Cowleys. To try and do that in that summer with a team that obviously had got used to losing, I thought it was a huge risk for Huddersfield. Um, and I think our, our preseason prediction was for Huddersfield to be fourth bottom, I think, and. Uh, so we, I think we said that that you were favourites in the race to uh, abandon it all and uh, appoint Mick McCarthy halfway through. But actually, that's turned out to be Cardiff. It's gone super well for them. So maybe we shouldn't have taken the piss quite so much. Um, but yeah, so I was surprised how well it was going when we played you guys. Um, looked a good team, you know, threatening much better than us. Um, so I was surprised and was sort of ready to eat my words a little bit. And then obviously... For reasons I can't quite comprehend, and I haven't read your answers to my questions yet, so maybe it's in there. It's really dropped off a cliff since um, since the start of January. I mean, you you would be able to say better than me why that is. Uh, QPR fans will blame it on Richard Keogh, who's a bit of a QPR legend. Um, I don't know. Like I say, trying to play out from the back when you when you've got you know people like Stearman and Keogh and whatever. I don't quite know how successful that that's going to be. It worked before Christmas and doesn't now. Um, but yeah, I'll be interested to see what you guys look like on Saturday because you tanked us first time. Yeah, and what what are you expecting from the, from the game of Saturday? Obviously, it's completely different for both sides. But how how do you see it panning out? They, I mean, famous last, but we're better usually when teams try and play football against us. Um, we're quite a good football team. Like we always make this joke about us being sort of nice boys, um, and when teams pass and it's, it becomes a passing game we're usually quite good at that although again others feel battered as first time but so don't judge us on that 
we tend to struggle like we did last night at Wickham and we got absolutely battered last week by Barnsley it's like in the one bad result in this run and I mean you'll have seen Barnsley this year it's it's a fairly unique abrasive style they've got so teams that play like that against us tend to get good results high press and physical and pace and stuff um so I'm not, I'm not sure whether Huddersfield are capable of playing like that or whether they'll try um at the moment, when teams try and play football against us, like Brentford did and Bristol City did, we turn them over. So I've got everything crossed that that's how it goes on Saturday. But QPR have a habit of just as you get your hopes up with them, it uh, <laughs> comes back to bite you. So uh, I'll I'll keep it cagey, but I'm I'm quietly confident if you play if you try and play as a football, and we don't fall in a hole like we did at yours, I, I think we might return the favour. But famous last words. Well, we'll see, mate. We never know with Huddersfield at the moment. Um, but yeah, just just before I ask you for a score prediction, who who are the kind of players we need to watch out for? Like you kind of key danger men at the moment. Interesting to see what team we pick. Uh, Warburton rotates a lot, particularly when we've had a midweek game. Chris Willocks played really well last two games. He was on loan at you guys last year and has sort of had to wait a long time for his chance. So I think we'd like to see him start and play like that again. Ilias Chairs, decent little player. Um, or they get a little bit guilty at the minute of hanging on to the ball too long. Um, Charlie Austin's obviously the goal threat. Um, and we, we attack a lot through through the wing backs. You know, you'll see a big switch out to Todd Kane quite often um, and goals off his crosses. His crosses can be a bit hit and miss, but he gets so many opportunities to cross at the moment in the way that we're playing. He's racking the assists up and some of his assists have been quite good, but I like when we played played away at Watford and one two one, he got an assist in that. But I think he he had about twenty five crosses in the game. It's uh, it's almost like throwing enough shit at the wall. Um, but yeah, look, we're we're steady team at the moment and and reasonably confident. Imminently, you know, eminently gettable. And um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting game. Yeah, I feel like this has got Charlie Austin scoring all over it. Um, town fans don't really like him after he uh, kneed our goalkeeper in the face in the Premier League when he was out of Southampton. Um, well, he's, you know, Charlie's... Like I said, one of the big problems with our team at the start of the year was just how quiet it was. Um, and quite a few games where I felt we got bullied out or certainly talked out of it. Norwich away, I just felt we got talked out of the game. They were with the referee for 90 minutes, chucking themselves around the penalty area. All the screaming you get in these behind closed door games, just just 75 minutes of that to the point where in the end, lo and behold, they do get a dodgy penalty and and score off that. And we don't say anything, you know, no one's talking to the referee or anything. We're just sort of nice and quiet and taking it. Since Austin's come in, that has changed somewhat to the point where when we beat Brentford, I think it actually crossed the line a little bit and went too far the other way because Charlie's Charlie. He says a lot and likes what he says. Um, we needed that. Um, but yeah, I can see why opponent opposition fans don't like him. No, I mean, I mean, I think he's one of them where you'd love him to have him on your team. It's just uh, yeah. Yeah, opposite. Um, so yeah, I know the championship is unpredictable as we've kind of talked throughout this, but what is your score prediction for the game if I had to push you? Well... I said on, um, I did one of these for Birmingham last week and um, said that my predictions are notoriously awful. And whenever I predict QPR are going to win, um, they never do. So I'm not going to predict, I'm not going to predict a win here. But that doesn't necessarily mean I don't think we will. Um, so I'll say something ridiculous like 2 2, you know, just two teams flying at each other and, and whatever. But uh, it's not actually what I believe. I'm just really superstitious about it. 
<laughs> well, we we will see, mate. Um, but yeah, no, no. Thanks for this. I'm sure we could talk to you for for ages about championship and QPR in general. But uh, all the best for the rest of the season, and uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, no worries, mate. Best of luck with it after Saturday. Thanks, man. Cheers. Right, so we've heard from Clive. Now we're going to hear from Sai, uh, myself, and James. So, Sai, it's the you're the coach. What lineup are you going for? And which players? So, you, Carlos Corbran isn't in charge. Sai Copeland is in charge. What time? What are you going to do, mate? It's your first game it's against QPR. Fans are on you. What are you picking? What's your lineup? Uh, it's interesting. Um, feel the pressure and weight of world on my shoulders. Um, I've picked a, a lineup um, that uh, is very similar to Friday's team, just the one change. I feel as though um, the guys, I feel as though it was a good, solid performance against Cardiff. Um, pragmatic football, um, percentage based football, playing in the right areas of the pitch. Um, and where we are in the league currently, where we are in terms of proximity to the end of the season I think now is the right time to play sensible football not try to um, be too flamboyant um, and, and then kind of reassess that in, in pre-season so um, it's a 3-5-2 it's a for me Scruffield in net uh, a back three of Edmonds, Green Stearman and Sar with Stearman coming for Keogh being the one change um, just think he's much better, just a, just a slightly better player for me, kind of similar mould, but um, slightly better player. Uh, Rowan and Pippa, um, you two wing-backs, uh, a midfield three of Alejo, uh, Bakuna and O'Brien, um, and then kind of Sanogo and Campbell up top, with Campbell just playing slightly deeper. Um, what that does mean is it's a very strong bench, arguably the strongest bench we've had all season. Uh, we've obviously a few players returning from each there. So for me, the seven sub has been Pereira. Um, here are the, the one centre half. Uh, Johnny Hogg, um, Dwayne Holmes, Isaac M. Benzer, Danny Ward, and Kieran Phillips. Quite a tacking bench as well. Um, with the option to kind of change that if it's not working, introduce some wingers, etc. etc. Um, if we need to go after the game at some point. Like so that's that, me. I think that you think you're the first person we've had on here who's even named the subs. That's what I like to hear. Commitment. Preparation. It's well, who you you can't beat good preparation. That's all I'm saying. James, um, have you made any changes uh, to size? Is it a similar formation for you? It's, it is similar to size, to be fair. Um, yeah. So all all I've changed really is Hog has come in for Bakuda, um, and. Steer, like like size actually Stearman's come in for Keogh. Now I kind of thought Keogh was okay in the last game, but I've just I've just got more faith in Stearman as a player in general. Um and yeah, it's I mean it's it's tough to pick between them, but I, I do think Stearman is probably the better player. Um in terms yeah, in terms of um my midfield, so I've got Rowe um as a right right wing back sort of midfielder type thing and um, Vallejo, Hogg, O'Brien and then Pippa on the left again which has been it's been okay I, I would say um, and then Sonogo again and, and Campbell um, I do I would play um, the more direct system um, but I hope I kind of I want to see it at a better quality than against Birmingham, really, and more like the Cardiff game and less like the Birmingham game where 
we're just sort of hoofing it to no one. Whereas Cardiff, it did feel like we did have a bit more of a of a plan and we did have more of an intent to keep the ball and create chances. Um, but to be honest, it is a bit weird the fact that we've we've got to march having appointed Corbran to bring in an identity and style and we're now talking about how best to play hoofball. But um, there you are, that, that's the kind of season we've had. But yeah, that's story for another day. But yeah, agree basically with size bench as well. Major thing is just hogging the midfield, which I think that if Hogs end fit, then he, he comes into this team. And I think he's been absolutely outstanding this year when when many people thought he'd, he'd be, you know... He'd be, he'd be exiting at some point or at least being phased out. So I think that Hogg and Vallejo can work as well. This is something that Carl Brown was asked about in his press conference. I think that Vallejo is more of a sort of able to pass the ball forward. He's got a really good pass completion rate. It's 85%. Now, I know he gets the ball a lot and makes short passes, but I just, I just like having a guy in there who can tackle and who can like Hogg and a guy in there like Vallejo who can pass forward and it sounds really basic and then O'Brien can progress the ball forward in terms of the counter-attack and dribbling and it seems a bit defensive but I just think that if you put someone in like Holmes it just doesn't fit with the more physical and direct style and I think that where that team is is physical uh, it is defensive enough uh, we are playing away and it is sort of creative and creative enough as well and um, I do think Sonogo looked good against Cardiff and I, I do think he did look a lot more dangerous than than without him, to be honest. So that's the team that I've gone for. Yep. Lovely stuff. Um, really, I'm, I'm reflecting on that. Sorry, I, I'm contemplating a late change. <laughs> Go on, man. Is that allowed? Yeah, yeah, go, mate. It's, yeah, it's a so, I, so I'm listening to James, who's my assistant manager. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Whispering in your ear, sir. I'm in a suit, he's in the tracksuit. Um, and, I, and I just wonder if, if maybe Hogg does need to kind of come into my team. I, I probably don't play Vallejo and Hogg in the midfield. I think I perhaps put Vallejo back on the right-hand side of the three centre-halves, and that's somewhere I've played earlier on in the season. Maybe Edmonds misses out this one, because I think James is very right in what he says, that Hogg's um, epitomises everything that Huddersfield Town's about and everything that Huddersfield Town probably needs right now. Um, and even if he doesn't last 90 minutes, probably 60 minutes of Johnny Hogg is, is something that we probably need right now. I think that's a good shout. I mean, what I would say, Mike, Si, as a manager, if you if flip-flapping on decisions, I don't know, you might lose the dressing room pretty quickly. But I'm, I'm joking, of course. I'm standing so. up against the wall, that's why. <laughs> Love it. Um, James, you said you can't put Holmes in the field. But what I said to you is, I'm doing that. So here's, here's my line. <laughs> Sorry, that was really, really weird. Um, Schofield stays in, in net for me. I think he's, I got a lot of, um, well, a lot of critique from uh, Johnny, Johnny Buckham when we had him on about uh, dropping Schofield. But I think Schofield's performed all right recently. I agree with you, lads. I've taken key out and put Stearman in. Uh, I think I've said it on here before, but um, what's really um, intrigued me about Stearman is, is how many of the young players like Rowe have said Stearman's been such a positive influence on them so I think his leadership's key and again we don't I, I'm only speculating here but I feel like Keogh may have come back in because um, Stearman did get whacked in the Birmingham game quite early on and near the end as well so so who knows um, I've not put Hogg in I, I 
based on what you guys said, I think you've made a compelling case, but I don't, I don't know if he is fit, um, you know, fully fit to start. I wonder if he would be better. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts the Chef Wednesday game and it maybe comes on during this. So I've, I've left him out. Um, I, I basically mine's the same. It's just, so I've got, uh, I've got Rowe on the right because I thought Rowe was good as a wing back defensively as well as, as going forward. Pippa on the left again. Uh, because Pippa also mentioned that he likes to cut in more and he likes to play on the left, which I thought was quite interesting. Uh, and obviously, he nearly scored against Cardiff. Uh, had a good chance, good save. Uh, and then my three is O'Brien, Vallejo and Holmes. And the reason I put Holmes in is because the best performance, I think we've said it on here, was the Swansea game, and that was when he was in the centre. And I do think, uh, although you might need the steal of Hogg, I think we maybe need someone like Holmes to open it up a bit. I think Bakuna's unlucky to miss out, but I think Bakuna is knackered. Like, he seems quite knackered in games. So I put Holmes in, should see what he can do. And I, I kept... Uh, Campbell and Snow go up front because I do think it works well. Um, Campbell to me looks, I know he had a good chance against Cardiff, but he looks better when he's got someone closer to him. Uh, so, so that's that's my lineup. So we're, we're all fairly, fairly the same, really, just you know, a couple of uh, tinkering options in midfield. Um, but we will see. Uh, Sai, I'm going to finish the podcast by asking you, well, and James as well, I'm not just going to cut off James. Um, what, how do you see the game going on Saturday? And what's your score prediction? It's interesting. I um, I think the game will be quite similar to that we saw on Friday night in terms of how Town set up um, and play. That's obviously reflecting the team that I just shared with you. Um, I think QPR will be slightly more um, football orientated than perhaps what Cardiff were. Um, and try to get the ball in the deck a bit more and, and pass it around, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I see it being quite cagey. Um and I, I think kind of prediction will be for me we will one. Um Charlie Austin scoring for QPR and um hopefully Yaya breaking his duck for Huddersfield Town. And I think that'd be a good point for us uh, moving on to Sheffield Wednesday. Um Sheffield Wednesday obviously been the, the, the big big game. But um another point I think is another point closer to safety for us at this stage of the season. I think, yeah, I, I think that's similar for me. But James, what, what about yourself? Um, I think it's going to be 2-1 up the town. Come on. Oh, um, I like it. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to be a bit more positive this week because I feel like I've been really negative with score predictions. But I don't know. I've kind of, I do have a little bit, little bit of a good feeling about this, to be fair. I think that good memories were flooding back of the 3-0 uh, away win that we had in the promotion season uh, down in QPR. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to be positive. I think that we've created the chances in the last game to, to, to score two goals. The XG was nearly two, you know, 1.96. So we've created the chances to score the goals. It's just the case of putting them away and just hope we don't get a penalty. And we, you know, <laughs> no point in getting a penalty, but, you know, we'll, we'll have to get it from open play. Um, but I think that Sonogo will look good and we'll get better I think that you know we we've maybe against QPR got the license to go a bit more like the older style sort of mixed in with the more direct style as well um you know with a more sort of attacking way of playing um you know I think that they are a team that you can you can play football against and I think that may I've got to do have a do have a good feeling do have a good feeling um, and I think we, we could do with a really good performance from Pippa. I think he's been better um, 
better in the Cardiff game. And like you say, he had that chance that was just a bit tricky because it was on his left foot, which is the problem you're going to have. But I think, I do think I am back in town a bit today. I am back in town against uh, QPR. So I'm going to go with 2 1, trying to be positive. Oh, that's what I like to hear, mate. Up the town, like you say. Um, interesting <laughs> question you asked there. I'm going to ask this to both of you before I uh, come on to, to my how I see the game going. Um, if we did win a penalty in this game, who would you have taken it? I know I put you on the spot there. The silence is deadly. Um, I think I'd probably have Bo Brian on it because I don't know, for whatever reason, he just seems like the kind of player who can take the game by the scruff of the neck. And for want of a better phrase, he's he's got a lot of sort of passion there and a lot of sort of, I don't know, there's just something about O'Brien is a little bit like one, well, if he stays with us long enough, I can imagine him being a bit of a leader. And I know he's been captain against Millwall. And for me, it's sort of the leaders with the right mentality who take penalties, not necessarily the best, best strikers of the ball. Although we have seen him strike the ball very well, you know, in, in, goals against Swansea this year and Barnsley the year before so for me it, it would be O'Brien but it is worrying that it's so hard to find a good penalty taker in a team that four years ago won a shootout you know it's crackers really but yeah it's worrying that we don't have that kind of leader player who would step up and take one you know if Schindler were fit he'd take one for me but there you are yeah that's interesting because yeah, we. I think I feel like recently we've always been rubbish in normal games, but we seem to be all right in penalty shootouts, as we know. So, si, what about you? Who, who would you fancy? I know I'm putting you both on the spot. Um, probably got more faith in Brookie the Kitman than having anyone else, um, but that's probably not an option. Um, you know what? I give it to Yair again. I think he's got three out of three for Toulouse whilst he was there. Um, you want your striker to want to score and want to take penalties. I, I was a little bit disappointed in Campbell, actually, that Campbell didn't want it. I know he's missed one, but he should have stood up for me and said, no, I'm having this. Um, so he's bottled it. So for me, yeah, 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 again. Again, Mike, I'll be invited back. Mike Rigget could say in that, but... Oh, mate, you are going to be no, invited no, back. There's no obvious people there, is there? There's no, there's no obvious people there. I do think it's sad it's in the Premier League. And Benz has not got a bad free kick in him, has he? So I haven't just looked at Yeah, I'm with that, definitely. I think that it's sad that in the Premier League, we had players arguing over who's going to have one. Like Van Leparo stole stole one off. Uh, you know, he even had that picture where he held up all the players who were supposed to take penalties and he wasn't on there and he stole it. Was it against Bournemouth to take it? And, you know, now like it's like no one wants it. it is, maybe it does, does speak to the mentality problem we've got, but... Like I said, maybe that's for another day. I think I think for me, I would go for a left field option for penalty taker. I would go for Nabi Sar because Lee Bowyer said he was the best finisher at Charlton. And I don't know if that says a lot about Charlton, probably does because they were relegated. But I think if he, his Lee goal Bowie. against Blackburn was quality. He, he can finish that lad. I mean, he scored a few free kicks for Charlton. So I'd have Nabi go on. Bit of a cult <laughs> hero now. Um we will see. We will see. Who knows? Maybe all of us are right. Maybe we'll do what Man City are supposedly doing and letting uh, their keeper take it. So maybe Scott will take it. <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah, how I see this game going, uh, I'm a bit like you, Sai. I think it'll be a bit of a cagey one because they're in good form, although we've not got a bad record at QPR. Um, but I keep predicting 1-1. Um, so I'm going to go 2-2 because I feel like we might get a couple, but I can feel I could see them getting a couple. So... Uh, I think it'll be an interesting game. Depends who scores really first, but 
I agree with James. I, I think we, especially in that Cardiff game, we're a bit unlucky. We've not really scored recently, and I feel like we could just get a couple in here. But I do see QPR getting a couple. I think Willock could have a good game. Chris Willock, the best player of all time, as uh, me and James keep making out on here, clearly. Um, but also Austin, um, like you, you hit the nail on the head side. Uh, awful player to play against. Like just going to be in your face, going to be rough, and he's proven at this level. I can see him scoring as well. So two two. But I hope hope James is right up the town. Like you say, James up the town. We will see. Um, but that's it, gents. Side. Thanks for coming on, making your debut. Thank you for having me. That's all right, mate. You will you will be back. You know, um, it's only Chris Willock. I'm not going to get upset about it. Don't worry. <laughs> um, and James, cheers for coming on again. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. No, it's good. it's good to have you on, mate, as always. And uh, thanks to you, listener, for listening to this. So have that and enjoy your weekend and let's hope we get a win up the town. Oh, what a night Late in May in 2017 Shinder scored, it was a happy dream What a feeling, what a night Wagner singing, we are Premier League The greatest sight in George's Square did see What an evening, what a night Oh, I, I got a funny feeling when he walks And a fan Commentator yelled, he takes that chance Oh, what a night Lost so safe in mesmerizing me Low, low charge and flattened all Chelsea Stanford Bridge, oh, what a night Oh, I Got a funny feeling when he walks And a fence And then The commentator yelled He takes a chance Oh, what a night Oh, what a night Oh, what a night Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.